What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. It's your boy, Monster D-Face here, bringing you guys another episode this week. Before we jump off this deep end and into the pool of of stuff happening in fortnite i want to thank you guys for of course being patient over the last couple weeks as we prepared this episode and just kind of work through all the stuff that was happening this is going to be a jam-packed episode covering not only fncs and dreamhack and new player signings just entire up and up but also you see the title what the heck is keemstar doing in the fortnite space we're going to talk about all of it here today so thank you guys for tuning in with that though we're going to kick things in uh, kick things off for the first time in what feels like a couple of weeks we have both the returning sbg and life with panda for today's episode so let's go ahead and kick things off boy panda what's up brother hey man good to be back i know it's been a busy couple weeks for all of us so it's good to be back here on the mic talking to the people about what's going on because a lot of stuff going on yeah absolutely and then of course my boy somebody's gun out there across the the pond here it's a little late over there we thank you for tuning in today oh of course hey you know we're on the degenerate gamer schedule so it's it's not that late good to be back though it's been a while since we've all gotten to sit down just chat yeah heck yeah heck yeah and like you said it has been a hot little minute since we've been able to jump in but we are here today to talk about all things Fortnite, and we want to kick things off man i want to start with fncs obviously this being the the, the ticket hot topic fncs this week has pretty much kicked off with a bang here we have eu and na shows being covered by the official Fortnite broadcast all the while there was a ton of adjustments right that kind of led into this weekend as epic what feels like has pretty much been on their toes you had players like jerky calling out hogman for like not pushing certain updates at a, at a particular time as promised but things eventually did come to the game and we did see some adjustments so with this fncs sbg i'll start with you since you are literally in copenhagen and you had the first you know first take at all this competition going down what do you think so it it was solid. I like the overall meta. It's just, you know, there's a couple tweaks that need to be made to stop the game from constantly going to heal off. From both a player perspective and a viewer's perspective, it's anticlimactic to have the game end with someone throwing chug splashes at the ground. And I think we're all kind of looking for that last shot moment. You know, we've seen... Vino versus Taysen and Solo All-Stars. And at the moment, we're not really getting that, at least on EU. NA saw some heal-offs, and I'm sure we'll talk about this here in a little bit, but it seemed like NA was a little more faster pace, less of a heal-off going on, whereas EU region was just, in general, slower paced, more players going to heal-off in that final zone. And that spun up a big conversation between this this dynamic between NA and EU player bases and skill gaps, if you will, that's kind of developing between the two. The conversation continues there. But to dial back on the heal-offs, obviously, chug splashes are extremely strong. The slurp juices, the adjustment made to those, like the legendary variant, obviously heals for a lot of health. And then you have the pizza party what if any of these things do you believe needs to be adjusted here essentially i mean obviously we do have chug splashes being extremely strong and powerful but is it just because it's coming off the back of augments or is it the items themselves i don't think it's one thing i think it's the combination of everything we had the the zone changes at the beginning of, of the season we've had them slightly adjusted but the dynamic zones don't really change based on the number of players that we're gonna see in an fncs closed lobby style 
Uh, so it's the zones moving slower in mid game and then faster in end game that allows less fighting, less players to get taken out. Then we have so many heals, like way more great heals than we've had in a long time. And then also we have the kinetic blade that pretty much allows players just to move through these zones without having to really fight for position. You just kind of blade to the front side, box up and chill. Yeah, there is something going on there. The kinetic blades are, they're exciting to watch when in action, like the, the big plays that can happen. But to your point, they are extremely powerful at positioning is just so much easier than ever to, to like literally get to these, these, these safeties of the new zones. Panda, I mean, you've watched a fair amount of, of Fortnite, obviously over the, over the weekend and with FNCS. I have a different question for you, actually. How are your West yeah. boys doing, man? How, you know, obviously, right? We're getting into Central. I'm not mm -hmm. sure if you've been paying close attention to how any West teams have been playing on the, on the Central merge, but what's your what's your take, man, on, on the overall FNCS for, for NA right now? Well, obviously, we got to talk about Bacon and Batman Booga mm. showing up week number one, placing in the top 10. I don't think a lot of other teams were expecting this, right? And this is a mind you a pure west team both yep. batman booga and bacon both coming from the west coast obviously bacon is actually set up in the texas area if i'm not mistaken but batman booga is of course true and true west coast players so to see them to come together and kind of defy what what was going to be the norm here or the expected outcome was nice to see but of course the other nine all na east so definitely a interesting outcome but or expected outcome more or less but i gotta talk like acorn and cold they go win major one fncs and now all of a sudden they they come here week number one and they almost have a hundred point lead over second place like what that's pretty crazy acorn and cold definitely coming in being one of those just better performing teams is this is does this come as a surprise to you though i mean panda because you know know that cold is in particular coming off this extremely hot streak he's he's continuing to keep up the dominance but acorn never really left so we we have arguably two of two of the players in their prime right now pairing up with one another and and it's working but we've seen great players come together before and not necessarily achieve the same results i mean a good example right you got booga playing with threats both incredible players both have a lot of potential to do well and and they found themselves in, in 16th place at the end of all this so it's not necessarily great players come together it's it's not often that you have great players come together that are the right fit for one another and yeah. that's what acorn and cold are they are legitimately the perfect fit for each other to compete with another team gotta highlight them trashy and pump obviously they did really well in the dual cash cup leading up to DreamHack. They did well in DreamHack. Now fifth in FNCS week one. So there's uh, definitely a trend there. That's going to be a team that you got to watch closely. And considering they're only about 16 points off from second place and ending in fifth, that means that top five was quite tight. So it'll be. I'm curious how that's going to play out for them. But then the last team I want to mention before I throw it to SPG, man, clicks and scented. I want to see Clicks do well, and and the way that him and Scented are playing together might be the season for them to just thrive. I do agree with you. I, I think those two have shown to be better than I expected them to be, and I'm glad, right? I always like to see players do well. I just didn't think the combo would work at first, but they're proving me wrong. 
love to see that. And also want to touch on Trashy and Pump. Those two have just been thriving over the past about seven, eight months, I want to say. They came eighth last FNCS. They were the only team, I believe, to win a match in each of the finals for the qualifiers last season. Continuing that, they won the last game of this qualifier. So in each qualifying week, four straight weeks, they've won one. These guys clearly know how to win games, and they're not necessarily going to be the biggest names in the lobby, but definitely some of the most competitive that I think we'll see. And, you know, one of the other things, we had the, the players coming together, certain players getting good ping, but we also know some Canadian players did not necessarily get a buff. They, they quote-unquote nerf, <laughs> knowing that uh, the server moved out of NA East or NA West down to Texas. So not really any crazy performances here from the Canadians. We know Pam and Fatch. I believe Fatch has moved or is going to move. They got 17th. Pam Stu has said he's staying in Canada for the time being. We got Nix and Nick, another Canadian team in 23rd. Patek and Cardi. These guys all kind of just like mid middle of the leaderboard. And then we have some lesser known names. Don't know for 100% fact they're Canadian, but... They say they're Canadian, at least with that. So we'll see how they do the rest of the weeks. Yeah, and I was so interested in, in following the story, especially with Pam and Fatch. As we know, like in, in qualifying weeks in particular, they've always performed very, very well. Super close to the top of the standings. When it comes down to finals, they've had their, their moments of greatness, but you know, having it come together consistently for every season hasn't quite been that. But for them making it there we've seen it consistently so fatch is in texas so he, he does have that advantage now but like you said pam is staying back in canada and already middle of the pack not bad all right i mean when you put them right next to the other teams they're in between bluegain threats only a position above them by a couple of points and below them asian jess and jeff and rapid derilla jackson right season tragics a lot of players kind of in that in that pack there so very skilled players they still manage to perform pretty decent not nearly again as good as like acorn and gold who blew away the competition for this fncs their average placing 3.3 incredibly done there for them another team that i'm seeing that, that is kind of my my pick my dark horse pick is actually commandment and macwood i'm probably most excited about this team coming together it's been a while since i've seen macwood kind of like up at the top of the standings if you will like this but hey man commandments always lingering about there so for commandment and macwood i'm hoping to see good things from them that's a super interesting paired up duo for me on fn on the na central server right now uh panda any any last minute call outs any teams that you want to look out for outside of of course the batman booga Bigan combo one team that i expected to do better but had a rough week one was jamper and cam so obviously jamper separating from paper going alongside cam cam an incredible player very very talented so i anticipated them to be a little bit higher on the leaderboard but they ended up finishing 40th uh so definitely not the week one that they were hoping for however that doesn't mean they can't come back here in the second half another team that i'm going to be watching closely and i think has some potential to do to do well is qua and jack this team curiously enough has shown me that they have what it takes to be a top top 10 team top 15 team at the end of the season in the grand finals so i'm curious to play that and then of course one west team one last west team landjock and, and zukis these nice. guys uh, they made it in to the last round the finals of week one and they finished in 33rd but they had one of their qualifying i think it was session two 
nope, maybe it was session one. Let me look. So in one of the, the yep, is session one, they came top three. So they, they have, I think they have potential to do well. Obviously, session one is not indicative of what they can do in grand final. Session three is closer to that. But I still think they're a team to watch closely. So if I have to like break down five to five to ten teams, those are the teams that I'm going to be watching really closely going into two and three. And just to give the full story or the other side of the story for Jamper and Paper's breakup, Paper paired up with Shadow, performed much better. He's in 24th. Looks like they had a little bit of a slow cook last two games being the better ones for them where they finally got to that top 10 performances. But it only took two top 10s for them to basically be in the upper half of players for the first week of FNCS as far as their overall performance went. So definitely a lot to report on and, and kind of continue there. A player that I didn't see make it into the top 50 of, you know, finalists for the first FNCS weekend, Walker. Like, where is Walker? Walker was killing things last season. Like, he was going crazy for the entire year. But so far, seems like we were finally not seeing him kind of in, in a, again, a top 50 lobby, which we're going to see players start to drop out now. That's what happens when you have this merging of West and East. Now the central server, there are going to be players that might've been on a, on an up and come coming kind of storyline or just great players get knocked off because now you have an abundance of more excellent players jumping in because the West boys. So very, very cool to see this start to develop still super cool to see any East more or less dominating the, the bulk of the, participants right very clearly they have the stronger region but doesn't mean these west boys can't keep up clearly we have some great ones here so jumping into some other competitive stories just as we start to uh continue to round things out here we have dreamhack san diego just concluding if you guys have been following me on the timeline you've seen that practice server basically has been in celebration mode man super happy we're able to help support the dreamhack team and bring an excellent event to life san diego the best compliment that I got this weekend was that Aussie Antics has something along the lines of like, man, this San Diego was so boring because there was no drama. And I was like, yeah, we did our thing. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, it was good when there was nothing bad to complain about. Basically, there's literally no drama. And I found it to just be hilarious because like, yeah, you had Aussie Antics basically being like, dude, I expected to like milk way more content out of this, but it's just a good Fortnite tournament weekend. Like, what all right so like very very cool stuff going on there just because the the event went well and dreamhack was uh extremely happy panda sbg obviously you guys have front lines on some of the commentary for the for the qualifying lead up coming out of the heats heats one heats three what did it live up to your expectations man sbg we'll start with you in a sense yes i think like you said this was probably one of my favorite dream hacks because i got to work it with panda and you guys crushed it on the back end so just kind of rolled through and we got to see some some good gameplay the heats were a little more w key style than i was hoping for we saw a lot of the top players just kind of running through them uh but then when we we got down to that finals lobby that that's always where you're gonna get the best fortnite and i think that delivered we did see quanti and threats come together and I don't even, from what I've heard, they weren't even supposed to play together. Like, it was supposed to be Booga going with threats. And then something happened where they now paired up and just happened to win a tournament. It was also really cool to see some of, like, the the guys that focus on zero builds do really well. Talking about, like, attacks, a Fluger, an Opt. Like, those guys are, you know, kind of locking in on the other side of this. And it's cool to see them succeed. Panda? Yeah, I mean... Moo as well, like Moo tax 
Luger Opt, so many notable names that they focus solely on zero builds, stepped up to the plate in a big way. It was nice to see. One thing I will say, just to add on to SVG's comment about threats having to switch teammates there and it kind of working out in his favor, we knew Booga was never showing up, man. <laughs> we know that man's nickname behind the scenes. Uh, you know, listen, uh, whether or not he shows up to lands uh, that aren't the F and CS. Or That's hilarious. Lands is, is a thing, you know? So if you didn't know that, now you do, people at home. But regardless, like, I'm not surprised Booga didn't show up, but it's really good for threats that he didn't because they walked away first place, $45,000, and the top spot to Gamers 8 to start off all of these qualifying spots. So. And, and just to give, like, you all, you know, listening in how close the competition was, this zero-build tournament not only had, of course, $250,000 on the line, but it did come down to a single-point division from first to second to third. So 354 being first place, 353 for second of Agers and Kanata, and then third you have Fluger and Op, 352. So literally an eliminations difference, a placements difference was how close the competition was for the top three. Uh, the excitement was there on the broadcast between Levin and Jacob. They had a they had a good time, you know, commentating and, and kind of calling all the action towards the end. But yeah, it was a very good tournament. And dude, Fluger showing up zero build like mm -hmm. people really counted out these zero build you know warriors out just because they only you know focus on zero build but it shows you there's a different product here and there's a different obviously play style and if you're good you can just be good and it's showing here as fluger is at the top and moon tax as well like you said inside that top that top 10 so they're they're getting that ride to gamers eight and let's not forget just getting to gamers eight another paycheck is waiting for you because the prizing runs deep like super deep well i mean i'm gonna add to this real quick we're all the eu boys man oh true about the expectations right it's the eu boys that are sitting here saying the queasy uh veno the the seti and cami talking like hey we can just come in and do zero build and be great at it but yet they're not in the top 10 so. yeah didn't happen I mean, I'm gonna there's say, two man. EU teams in the top 10. Yep, yeah, yep. two out of 10. And then I'm we got saying, one. And a representation on top. I do think it's pretty cool, though. There's two EU teams, one OCE team, and then, what is that, one West team as well. So, it's all balanced. NA. Don't be taken away now. <laughs> it's, it is NA. North hey, America. Hey, give, give them, like, another another a season or two. Then, then it'll be all NA. For now, they're still West. <laughs> yeah, this was this was before FNCS happened. There was no true, true, true. like NA FNCS yet. So there's still West until we finish this one. <laughs> Yo, also I want to give a good shout out to my boy Bully. You know, it's been a while since you see him perform up at the top. So for him and Muzz to come through and clutch up, another just random pairing, right? Two good people stand-up dudes there was a video reaction of bullies w like winning and him revealing that he got that top 10 it was super dope to see he was caught off by of course surprise because when that last lobby rolls out you got to wait until those standings are super verified and cleared and when he saw that he made top 10 he jumped out of his seat and that was that was dope so a lot of good people on this standings a lot of representation of course from na a little bit from eu and of course like you said, the OCE players. So they'll be showing up to Saudi at some point in the summer here. They have plenty of time to get their, you know, passports and stuff figured out. Hopefully all that works through. And then again, tons of money was given away. First place was 45,000 followed by who knows how many other tens of thousands. I didn't even bother to double check. All I know is there was a lot going on. So DreamHack San Diego went down super sick. There is a little bit of a 
controversy going on though because now that these teams have qualified dreamhack has basically made a statement that they can't play in other dreamhack tournaments now if you ask me that's a bit of a fail because you want these players showing up like how are you gonna have dreamhack dallas come around and then you not have like fluger who literally lives in texas if i'm not mistaken mm -hmm. show up to dallas to compete or agers in canada like all of these players that are literal you know land participants like they they pull up when it matters man city threats is always pulling up when it matters like they can't compete now which is kind of weird to me because you invited players early to saudi's gamers eight and because you like those invitees are playing in some of these qual tournaments right so it's a little bit of, yeah. a, of a double standard going on i guess yeah that's what i was going to add too is that they had invited players that were competing in san diego so mm -hmm. it's like i don't understand the difference but I guess it is what it is. So from what I've seen, DreamHack is deliberating on it, trying mm. to see if this is something they want to change. But as of now, nothing is changing. And I do think, just like you said, Monster, this is a missed opportunity. Not only because the players miss out, but also the viewers miss out, right? Kanata's yeah. known for his antics at land, being like such a, a great personality and bringing people in. That would be awesome. Uh, and then each event's 250K. Like, yeah. People are saying they're going to grief their drop spot. Okay, you tell me who's trying to throw, like, $45,000 if they have a chance to win. Like, come on, that, that makes very little sense to me. Yeah, it just it just doesn't happen. So with that, I mean, like I said, if, if DreamHack, you know, if and when I sit down at the round table with these guys or we have a discussion, I will advocate, I promise you, for allowing everyone to compete. I think it just should happen that way. And if you want to forfeit your slot because you go into an entry or something like that, I mean, at least do that, right? There, there shouldn't be a reason that you're just locked in and you can't do it anyways. It's just, like you said, too much money on the line here. A lot going on. This is uh, one of the few land tracks that we have available right now. And although it's just zero build, I mean, we have to build the zero build community up because clearly uh, there's there's kind of a divide between the types of players that can perform here. When you see players like Fluger inside that top three, Moo inside that top three, so or that top 10, it is very much, I think, worth everyone's time to, to allow them to compete and show up. Um, with that, we're going to go ahead and put a put a, put a a ribbon on DreamHack San Diego. Up next comes DreamHack Dallas. Tickets are available already. This is happening in June, so it is quite literally around the corner. We'll, uh, we'll be in the summertime vibes in no time. If you're in the Dallas area, show up. There's going to be, uh, of course, tournaments and all types of stuff happening there. Let's talk about a couple more things here. I want to jump into what the title of this entire, you know, uh, some of the headlines that we put on, on top of this podcast here. Dude, what is, what is Keemstar doing jumping into Fortnite, man i thought we had like a nice divide between like you know used to be keemstar in fn and like you know he kind of moved on but he's finding his way to wriggle his way back in man what do you think panda well so here's how it all started so he tweets out that he if if there are gaming creators whether it's streamers youtubers whatever the case may be that are interested in a boxing match hit him up, make sure that they and let him know how much viewers they hold and blah, 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 all that info. And so there were quite a few responses, um, including responses from other people in the Fortnite scene, but there are two that stood out because those two got actual DM responses from Keemstar. Ooh. And that is Archie over in Europe and Blake. So this is, it looks like this is a card that he is a part of or, or helping put together that will be coming towards the end of the year. 
So it'll be, I'm curious how it'll play out, but looking over, I see Mega replied to it. No way. <laughs> I see Ocus, Ocus replied to it. I see Wolfies. I'm looking through, looking through lots of like other gaming creators. Of course. Did you I see, did you see Faxity's video response to Archie? Oh yeah. To Archie Faxity. Yeah, exactly. Faxity hitting Archie up saying, yo, fight me. Uh, but again, a lot of people replied to this for Keemstar to go out of his way and to respond directly to, to Blake and Archie is obviously a good sign for them because he basically said to them, he's like, look, if you train or start training now and I'll get you on the card is what he said. So literally, yo, you trying to box, what's your weight? My weight is 145 right now. Keem says, start training now. I'll make it happen. So honestly, I'm kind of excited because I... I fall on that line of like being a big like influencer boxing crossover boxing fan as well as a Fortnite fan. So to see both of those worlds collide is gonna be pretty awesome. I got I'm telling you now, I've been saying it all year. I want to commentate a boxing match. If it's not Ooh. this one, then something's wrong. Hey man. Agree. You agree. You've been speaking it into uh into reality and, and you follow this this stuff pretty closely. You're into this this wild things. Yeah. I think I'm looking at the big play here. I feel like Keemstar is trying to line up a Fortnite player to get knocked out by Jarvis. Like, cause there's like a, a story there, right? Like banned Fortnite player versus like Fortnite, you know, Fortnite star. Like Blake is, I mean, he looks size wise to be right in that, in that weight class, but Jarvis has been training for a, for a hot minute. We could just see Jarvis knock out Blake. Like that would be kind of wild, bro. The clips, the memes. Didn't myth just also get into like a little, another mm-hmm. boxing fight as well he called himself a knockout he even put someone down yeah and he like seriously injured the guy wait like, really yeah so wow. i was hearing behind the scenes that it was like kidney liver like serious hit that like put him out of commission and he couldn't even get off the stool to finish the fight so it was a pretty serious shot from myth and and myth has a lot of potential in the scene and so it was cool to see him go back out there after the chess boxing and do the creator clash. Now we got to see him on one of these main cards, like a Kingpin or a Misfits, where it is it is more true boxing, and they put you up against real competition. Because mm. that guy that, that was in there with Myth, while he had a great boxing match last year on Creator Clash, looked like he did not belong with him. Yeah, just, you know, it's pretty clear in some of these creative fights who puts in the work, the effort for training, or it just keeps up the maintenance throughout the year, right? Myth has always been in pretty mm-hmm. good shape. Back in the day when I first met him, I mean, the man was a dancer. Like he was, he was getting down in a in the club when we went out in Korea. That was a fun time. SVG, any any thoughts, takes here? Are you signing up? Like, like what's what's going on, SVG? Oh man, I'm coming at this from the exact opposite side of Panda. <laughs> this is all so dumb, and I hate this. Like, oh, it's so dumb. None of these guys know how to actually fight. We throw them in a ring, there and it is. people watch because they're big names, right? I don't want to watch bad people at boxing throw bad punches at one another. And I, I don't want creators to be pushing, punching other creators in the face to their audiences. So that's where I'm at in this. I know, I know SPG. I mean, my analogy is I love watching bad Fortnite. I think it's, I think it's hilarious, you know, therefore. So I'll <laughs> yeah, watch, you don't I'll watch injury. bad boxing. <laughs> like Panda just said, there's injury. Yeah, you know, no, you're, you, you are right though. You're getting hurt. Like, this isn't just, you can't just step in a boxing ring with someone when you have zero experience and then expect to walk out completely okay. Like, that's just, 
you're going in and having a physical confrontation with people. You shouldn't be punching people in the face. I don't care if you have gloves on or not. Well, we'll see how Epic responds to this, if any at all, if they'll just turn a blind eye to this. Obviously, when things are happening with Fortnite creators, they're going to catch the Fortnite headlines, right? Which can reflect on the game and kind of where we are. So there's a, there's a lot going on there. We've seen creators lose their creator codes for different things on socials. So who knows? Not to say that anyone will get action for, for participating, but there could be some branding reflection that maybe you don't want put on you. So just talking about, you know, people playing in spaces that maybe you shouldn't and teams getting hurt. CGN signs Janice. And to me, this is almost like a, a representation of that. This org can get hurt and hurt how maybe monetarily. I looked at their following here, SVG. This is a Valorant org picking up a tier one Fortnite player team that on paper on their resume just looking through what they're doing doesn't seem to be a major player by any means they're just kind of like a mid-sized org like where does this come from is this another situation where org's gonna come in burn the capital and, and fizzle out or do we see a strategy here like why in the world did janice sign to team cgn probably just hit the nail on the head they're gonna sign him do nothing with him not gonna see value and then drop him after a six-month contract like, that's likely how this is going to happen. And I, I asked everybody here, like, do you know who CGN is? You ever heard of them? And no, nobody has ever heard of this organization. That's because this is the first time they've done anything in Fortnite. And I'm hoping for the best. The video was sick. I do have to give them credit. The announcement video was sick. So if they put out content like that, I'm on board. But this, to me, smells of sign the player put CGN in his name, do nothing with him, get no value, blame Fortnite afterwards. Yeah, that's my concern. However, like you mentioned, the, the announcement video that they put out for him was quite spectacular. And so if they have the, the capabilities of creating high-level content around the players, that's not necessarily a negative sign. And, and you have to think for a moment, when you think about big, big box brands and them investing in esports, are they more likely to go invest in Valorant or are they more likely to go invest in that game that their kid can't stop talking about, i.e. Fortnite? So I think you have to look at it from a brand standpoint. I think the biggest mistake that, that teams have made in the past is, is discounting Fortnite because the eSport sector of Fortnite isn't as large as some of these other titles. But I think that the key to getting into these big brand sponsorships is having Fortnite there at some capacity so you can use that as a selling point for these brands i mean there was a point in time where we looked at teams like galaxy racer or falcons right and it was like who the, who the heck is what's going on here right like and then you know they surprised us see all these mass players i'll use falcons in particular they they put a lot of money up and just started sniping up players and all of a sudden i mean they they continue to make content and, and do stuff and at least build a brand granted the brand was built behind players like Tayson winning championship you know titles of the belt and, and things like that but i mean you, you never know so i don't want to fully discredit any teams you want to welcome teams inside the esports space especially as it, it pertains to fortnite but it is a huge question mark when a valorant team picks up a player like janice as a first signing and there's nothing on the timeline that ever indicates not even teaser tweets that they are looking at getting into fortnite or something similar of it it was just very very weird so 
we'll see what happens we'll pay close attention to how this org develops but talking about another org that's been around the scene team elite we're all very much familiar with this team here spg you've worked closely with elite in the past they just picked up peterbot peterbot's an excellent player the peterbot in recent times i feel like he's He's what they call someone who's been struggling under pressure. Almost has like the mongrel syndrome when the heat is on in the kitchen. Lately, he's just been having a harder and harder time, I think, uh, converting. Yeah, it's been interesting to see what he's done. I mean, I think this weekend it worked out really well for Elite. N-Pen, Peterbot, and Pump all finished in the top five. And you literally can't ask for a better finish than That's that. Right. So we'll see. The one thing I do want to see more out of Elite is that branding of their players and it was cool to see they had clicks and peterbot in the announcement video like talking kind of through it was it was a it wasn't as cool as genesis it was a cool one though uh but at the end of the day it's like what do you do now you have the player on your organization he's going to be playing fncs but outside of that how can you use this player and elevate them as well to make your team successful so that's kind of what I'm looking for next. And I think they've shown us they could do things like this. Uh, now it's up to them to make it happen. Now, Lee Esports. Yeah, go ahead, Penda. And yeah, and to add to that, it seems like right now, watching uh, numbers wise, Fortnite content numbers are starting to pick back up. So use, I'll use Reese Hub as an example. He's putting out content a couple times a week, but he's got videos breaking 300,000, 70,000, 140,000. When his typical view range this time last year was 20 to 40K, and 40K was on those high-end videos. So not only is it going upwards for resub, but like, let me take Aussie Antics for a second. So you pull up an Aussie Antics video and looking at the quality of content that he's started to put out more and more, he's getting his last video, half a million views, which again, if you know Aussie Antics content was not, he wasn't really breaking 100K as often this time last year so for orgs what they need to do right now is take advantage of the players that they have start creating quality content around the players and start pushing it because for some reason fortnite content is starting to trend right back up and, and that is a great sign for everybody in the ecosystem yeah and just looking at elites youtube what i wanted to hit on we talked about content and stuff i mean their youtube channel with the announcements of yeah peterbot joining them it's picked up some good numbers, 37,000 views for the Peterbot announcement video. Of course, wow. featuring clicks, so there's there's that big clickbait there. And then Elite Peterbot versus Clicks is their follow-up video, so they actually immediately had a video to drop right afterwards, just doubling down on the hype. And the fact that it came out literally back-to-back, -back, that quick fire shows us that there was some kind of game plan in place for Peterbot in leveraging his relationship with Clicks. And, you know, it cool on Clicks to go ahead and, and help push this narrative forward. I would assume he he kind of opted in to do this voluntarily. I don't see Elite paying the influencer marketing budget that it would probably cost for, you know, like a feature like clicks, but who knows? If they're yeah. burning capital like that, that's concerning. But I think they're just, you know, oh, really, right. really getting right, really getting the support here from clicks. So big shout out to clicks, man, using his influence, what looks to do, be just doing positive stuff, which is super dope. I'm actually just playing the video in the background right now. Uh, Peter Bot's announcement. It's fun stuff, man. He's jumping in nice cars. It's like Clix's vehicles pulling up in front. Like, you know, just just dope stuff like that. So really, really cool to see Clix supporting. Yeah, you love to see it. And especially you love to see the support for other organizations in the space. From my experience with Elite, they're very grounded in what they will and won't do. So I don't see them spending 10 grand to get clicks to appear in a YouTube video, which, you know, 
things may change, but I highly doubt that. And it's cool to see that they, they now have kind of that solid roster that makes content, can compete at a high level. And the only ones that I threw this out there on Twitter, it started a whole storm with a word in front of it. But them and Dignitas are kind of the only two like organizations that I really see having a chance to win this FNCS unless someone's picking up a player the week before Grants. Yeah, that's true. We talked about TNA signings. They were more closely related to the zero build stuff. Speaking of which, Jaith did not perform as well, I think, as he wanted to at the yeah. DreamHack San Diego, which was a big probably a big concern for tna because they just put all this money into jade he's you know one of the most earningest zero build performers but when it matters i guess i should say yeah he did not be a step up to the plate there i think that's in part because of him being gone for so long he went to paris and he was doing stuff before that like he was disconnected even before that so i think watch jade in Dallas, and I think we're going to see a different Jade. I don't know. I can't guarantee that he's going to qualify top 10, but he is by far one of the most winningest zero-build players. So I, I have a feeling he's going to make a comeback in a big way coming DreamHack Dallas. But we'll see as far as that goes. But when I, the one thing I do want to talk about is, is TNA obviously is taking a very different route uh, as far as what they're doing with their players. While all three orgs are making content, TNA, TNA's content is meant to be more more mainstream content, whereas like Elite and Dignitas, the, their content ideas are more rooted in like traditional gaming content. And so I think there's pros and cons to both. Um, I think that's why, again, you'll see either an Elite player or a Dignitas player at the end of um, this season winning an FNCS more likely than a TNA player. But I also see TNA putting out more consistent content, quality content, and probably content with higher view rates over a lot of these other teams so it depends on what your goals are because championship doesn't necessarily get a bunch of money for for an org but you best believe that content when it is getting the the views that they want definitely can yeah i would agree i think with tna they're clearly taking a different approach based on their roster like the only top player that i would say for competitive Fortnite would be muzz and no, not surprisingly, he was the one out of all the players on their roster that qualified for Gamers 8. Right. So hopefully, in their sake, it doesn't really matter if their players qualify or not. You're making content. And like you said, Panda, they're producing content at a high level. So you're going to a Dallas to make and shoot stuff. And regardless of what happens, you're getting massive returns, hopefully, based on some sponsorships and views. Yep, that's right. Well, tying things into Dallas and Texas, we have a game square that just went public on the stock market recently who signed, what's it, Chief? What's it? I O Chief Creative Officer. Chief Creative. I don't know. Innovation. It's I. I was. I was. I was looking for the word I. I almost called him Chief Inventory. I'm like, no, it's not it. Chief <laughs> Innovation. Innovation Officer Ninja to Game Square. They went public on the stock market. Big weekend for them. They're coming back, doubling down now, and hosting their Fortnite tournament almost as a kickoff, a celebration, a marketing ploy into the Fortnite space and for Game Square as a whole. Panda, I mean, you've kind of seen this thing happening around the space. You see that they have their own platform. Talk to me a little bit about what they're doing. Honestly, it's interesting. If you don't know, Game Square is like the parent company for a ton of things, including complexity. And so 
it seems as if uh, they're trying to take this this public going public as an opportunity to push the brand even further and and try to do what FaZe didn't do well in the beginning of going public, and that is keep the brand forward-facing, looking very, very positive, right? Doing positive things for the community. Because when you're a publicly traded company, you're as most of us know, all your information is just out there. Your your revenue, what your CEO is making, so on. Like there's a lot of public information. And so for companies like what is it, GCN, they need to be very mindful of their image now that they are public. Because if let's say let's say a player comes out and is like, hey, I worked with them, so and so, they're in their complexity division, they didn't pay me, right? Their stock pro their stock price plummets because people sell off the stock. Now they have a problem because a board will come together and be like, why did we just go down three points? Well, it was this. Okay, what is our solution? We're either going to start firing people or you're going to make a big PR. Things change within a company as soon as you go public. So I think this is their first push to publicly look like they're supporting esports in a big way. And of course, Fortnite is going to be their kickoff tournament to do that which I think will make a splash for sure, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't so, have too much detail. Do you? Go ahead, SPJ. Yeah, so I'll talk about the tournament real quick. Game Time apparently is their gaming platform. I don't actually know what that is. Their press release didn't say too much, but what we do know is that I was hoping one of you guys would read this and say the Cowgirls It's making jokes about the Cowboys. I just, I just didn't anyway. want to. <laughs> I just didn't want to. <laughs> I was like, anyway, I don't know if this is a typo. Who, who's the cowgirls? This has got to be a troll. Yeah, it's it's what SPG think they do. Cowboys, straight <laughs> shots. Anyway, they're kicking off with a Fortnite tournament for their new game gaming platform. It's hosted with the Cowboys, and this looks almost identical to what the Detroit Lions did with Ninja last year. They did this online tournament where you sign up the top. However many games that you play, pretty much just pub stomping. Whoever has the best three games in a pub stomping time allotment gets a trip to the Super Bowl. And I believe Quinn won that last year. Rich Homie Quinn won it for the Lions last year. So this is almost the exact same thing. But now the Cowboys are doing it with Ninja. And that that's how I like kind of put this all together. It was probably the same company that put it together for the Detroit Lions that's now doing this for the the cowgirls and game time (laughs) yeah well there you have it so there's some cool stuff bubbling here for game time like we said we don't really know what this platform is what you know what their goals are going to be in the space but so far they're hosting event services so we love to see more things coming to fortnite we'll see what develops with game square in particular like panda mentioned they are a publicly traded company this is not the first nor the last that will be doing this within the esports space but this coming off of the literal failure right the collapse of what looks like phase the implosion of phases of brand that's happening right now it's just very interesting timing so we'll see how another esports organization manages to navigate these public stock market waters if it goes well for them or not that is truly the question i think they're under the sign dollar sign game you know of course in fitting fashion so uh, we'll see we'll see how they does and just to kind of touch on the the face thing happening here i'm not sure if you guys have seen the tweets, but like Banks is now asking Elon Musk to buy back FaZe Clan for him. Find it super interesting, this whole story that's happening here. And I'll just give my quick take on it, and you guys can as well. But 
my take is like, dude, you you literally sold the brand a long time ago, probably for millions. You've definitely made millions over the years. I don't understand how they're like acting like they're broke. I don't I don't know. Like, are they broke or not? Is is my question because they're acting like they're struggling for money or something right now, which is really weird. I know they want the brand back for tons of reasons, but they're making it look like they're just hurting in all areas. Like this is the worst decision ever. And now they're super down bad. I, it doesn't really seem to be the case. So I'm not too sure what to take of it from like, yeah, th that, that perspective, but like from a business side, I mean, they literally sold the brand and cashed out millions. I got a few thoughts when it comes to the, this whole phase situation. So number one, Remember, when FaZe Rain came out initially and started to say this stuff, I think a lot of what he had to say was rooted in truth, which was that a lot of the people that were essential or core to FaZe never got those multi-million dollar payouts that others did, mm. right? And so I think a lot of that is rooted in the truth. I think the same thing applies for, oh, what's his name? I can't think of it off the top of my head. We're talking about uh, Tico with the most recent Tico, video? Tico, yeah. Tico, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that applies to Tico as well because... Remember, Tico was in a little bit of drama with the Save the Kids thing a few years back. And so his like future with FaZe was very uncertain anyway. But he came out and, and said that he wasn't even taking a dollar, like a salary. Right. And he was just staying with FaZe. And and, a, and that's how it kind of worked with a lot of FaZe members, if you didn't know, is those that, and Tico said this in his video, is that that, that Tifu contract that was public and, and everybody talked about it, that was kind of the contract for a lot of people that were on the creator side of things. If you weren't like a highly competitive player on a team so which um, which was basically the organization took 80 percent of your revenue you got 20 percent when normally it it's everything the, yeah normally it's the other way around creators get the bulk of the money because they have the numbers it's their earnings and then you know the the org gets a nice little cut for being a part of it and help facilitate it but instead it was the other way around i was like no nah, you get a nice little cut we take all the money that was the problem the tfu yeah, contract the Tifu contract. And so I think a lot of it is rooted in truth. But when I now, the way that I see things coming out, like they tweeted from the official phase Twitter that they're getting back together and that, and then you see Banks tweeting out his thoughts. I think this is more coming from a PR position because there's no genuine way that phase saves the brand without the faces coming back and being in publicly in control i don't know so i actually don't know i don't know so, if i believe that so this is why i say this if you think about the state of phase clan right now and you think about the future of phase clan the the dip was solely caused because of this this drama and, and understanding that phase is no longer phase and what made phase so popular were the people right the creators behind phase and so when you have them disconnected who who cares about phase clan it, it's not the same. And so that's what caused the dip. And so I think, again, the only logical direction forward for them is to find a way. Obviously, let's be honest, the owners are not just going to sell their millions of dollars in shares or millions of dollars at stake in the company and just give the company back. I think what they do is they give up a percentage of ownership, and this is what I think will happen. They'll give up a percentage of ownership to spread across the people that don't actually have ownership. So Apex has ownership to be clear. Uh, and some other people have some ownership still. But a lot of the people like Norden, aka Phase Rain, Tico, Banks, they no longer have any ownership. So Banks kind of cashed out a few years back. 
when he saw the direction it was going and he separated. Now he's finally publicly talking about it because he never talked about it before. But I think that's their only direction forward. And I think that's the only logical thing that even the, the shareholders can do. It's either lose your money outright or give a percentage back to these owners and push them to be forward-facing about the fact that they own again. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think that's that's one avenue for them to get back into it. But I think FaZe is nearly in a position of too big to fail because of the fandom. And I know the fandom can be argued that, yeah, it's attached to, like, the players and stuff. But I feel like it's kind of just transcended that. Like, genuinely think they built the brand strong enough to stand alone without the need of the the controversy that has come with this particular frat boy style leaders that they've had i, I just think there's a there could be a turning point where as a brand they still embrace the the lifestyle the culture the kind of what they what they have but they do it in a way with creators that are equally popular and still killing it so i, I don't know i think there is a world where they can make an exit without these creators and still do pretty well just because of the connections that they have and stuff now i don't know if it's sustainable with the hundreds of millions that they're burning i don't know where all that's going because i think that's the real sign as to why their stock plummeted not even the creator drama i think i think it has to do more with the the money the paperwork looks crazy but svg not didn't mean to cut you off there i'll, I'll give you a chance but that, that's just my quick take i don't know now you're good. That last piece is pretty much what I was going to say. What value as an actual company and a stock is there? They're not making money. They're burning a ton and they're going to run out. Like finances said they're going to run out if they don't do something. And banks going out there and being like, yeah, this company's terrible. Like they need to mm -hmm. give it back to us. Like that's just going to crash and burn. And maybe FaZe goes bankrupt and then they build it back up. That might be what he's trying to do, but that's yeah. also a dangerous game to play. To me, that's what it looks like. It looks like they're trying to just self-sabotage it, almost be like the the virtual heroes, you know, at the end of it, like, oh, we told you, man, it can't do it without us. And then they kind of come back with this new story to spin things around. But I don't see them having, personally don't see them having ownership of FaZe without them purchasing their way back in. It just looks like too much money. It looks too far gone. And like I said, the brand's big enough, man. They have the connections. You see the collaborations they're doing. Clearly, they, they're they they're plugged in. They're dialed in. The, the, the suits, as they call them. The guys at their round table, the suits. But they have all the connections, in my opinion, in the world to, to continue to do dope stuff without the need of someone like Banks leading the brand. I don't know. I definitely think they... I think before Phase Rain came forward... Um, I think publicly to the fans, to the core people that followed FaZe because of FaZe, it could have been fine, right? But there was a lot of red flags even before Rain came into the equation. Like, why did they give a percentage of ownership to Snoop Dogg and Snoop Dogg did nothing but wear a chain at the Super Bowl, right? No, I, yeah, so, I agree. Questions definitely need yeah. to be answered. Yeah, so Snoop Dogg is already out. He was he He's no longer a part of the 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 phase organization. So that was one step in the right direction, but there's a lot of like, there, there are some financial questions, right? And there's a lot of like a discussion about what phase clan can do um, from a revenue standpoint to, to overcome and come back. And to be honest, there's only what three revenue streams for them to do is, is content esports and branding sp sponsorships and then direct to consumer products, which they were good at, in 2019 right i dude i have so much phase clothing downstairs mm. and there's a lot of like i have phase headphones for a while they were doing a lot of great things but that was when i bought those i bought that hoodie 
because I loved watching Banks on YouTube, right? And I bought the headphones because Nick Merckx, uh, like, was big in the content that they were doing, and they were talking about the value of the the headphone deal and what it meant to them as like as a company to get that. And so I bought in to that, right? But if FaZe dropped a shirt right now, dude, they dropped Disney clothing recently, and I'm a Disney fan, and I didn't want it. What is now that that's interesting. See, now that I find interesting was that I felt like you were proving my point a little bit. Like, I like FaZe as a brand, but like, I don't even know Tico or Banks, right? Like, I really just don't. Like, I like FaZe as a brand for different reasons. Like you said, for Nick Merckx and these new creators that they brought on from the Fortnite space, all of which were not original founders, but that made me like the brand. And that's what I mean by, yo, big creators can come and go, but as long as you're kind of in the now of who's popular now, they're going to continue to do well just only the only other org i've seen nearly reach some kind of crash and burn point like this maybe g2 esports as they kind of literally bullied carlos out of his ceo position the face of the brand and g2 esports is doing just fine they still have all their sponsors listed at the very bottom of the banner red bull polo herman miller mastercore legion right like they're literally doing just fine without the ceo and everyone was talking the same kind of talk like this brand's gonna die without G2 Carlos there seemed to just weather the storm just fine. Yeah, the original, the initial maybe, you know, bump in the road. But, I mean, they're, they're just right back to just creating content. And it's like he was never a part of it. So, I don't know. I just think today's attention span is so short. When you have a brand that's so recognizable, there's people that just don't follow the storylines. They're not going to care, man. I, as long as FaZe has some money, they're going to be okay. But that's the problem. It's the money. They're burning it at a fast rate. And if they don't start making it, then yeah, they, they won't be around for very long, regardless of who's the CEO or who has shares and who doesn't. But anyways, there's a lot going on there. I don't even know how we jumped on phase as a topic now that I'm thinking back on it. So we thank you guys, the listeners, of course, for following us on that journey as we we always veer off off par. So that's going to wrap up and conclude this week's episode. Don't forget to send all your complaints to me at the Fortnite podcast at gmail.com. Before we get out of here, we'll let the boys start to sign off. Uh, we're going to kick it off with somebody's gun. Let the people at home know where they can find you, my man. You can find me on the FNCS broadcast this Heck weekend. Yeah. If you want to watch hey. Fortnite, I'll be uh, analyzing the games in between and before and after. So see you guys there. Let's go in Panda. Follow me on Twitter, LifeWPanda, and get ready. Just recorded uh, some dope content over at UNC Charlotte over the weekend. So doing something different. Something different for the Fortnite scene and for the collegiate scene in general. So stay tuned. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Always more to come from the boys here. Make sure you guys wrap in and tune in with them. For me, just find me at Monster D Face across all socials. Um, yeah, dude, just Twitter. You know, that's where I'm at. Always putting up cool stuff. We have some dope behind the scenes things happening and some videos that I've been posting up. So you guys can get a little insight on what it's like to run a business. And when I launch my next project, we're doing a lot of that as well. Just true insight onto some of the journey. So, Really, really hoping that y'all enjoy that type of content and y'all can find it there. And just talking about like more of the business side, I'm starting to work on my LinkedIn. So just go find me. Javier Collazo on LinkedIn. I right, fam. It's time to get that business rolling. But anyways, I'll see y'all on the next episode of the Fortnite Podcast. We catch you guys next week on Tuesday. Don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victorials. Peace, fam.